This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Talking Texas podcast. This is Hudson Standish of Horns 24-7, and I'm here with Mike Roach of Horns 24-7. Mike, two weeks since we've done one of these, I'm excited to get back and talking about the team uh, ahead of a pretty crucial matchup on the road against Kansas State. Yeah, a lot of questions to answer uh, by week over. Um, hopefully, you know, they uh, the this Texas team got some rest and recuperated a little bit and uh, has a game plan together for uh, what I think is a tough stretch of games for them. This four this four game uh, stretch to end it, I think is is I've said it all week. I think is as important for this program as any stretch in the last ten years or so. Absolutely. Um, do you want to just get right into talking about Kansas State? I know that this is you know first edition of this podcast that we've recorded together since your vacation. So I mean, I don't know, not a ton yeah. of table setting other than coming out of the bye week. I haven't, to be clear, I haven't watched the Oklahoma State game because I was on or should you? when it happened and I said something about it to you. Like, I was like, oh, I'll watch the Oklahoma State game. And you're like, honestly, I wouldn't. So yeah. uh, I haven't. Um, yeah, so let's get right into Kansas State, who looks like a bit of a different team now. It's so interesting. I have said all week, I genuinely do think that they're a better team with Will Howard at quarterback, but – even though he especially lit up Oklahoma State in a 48 to nothing win, Mike, it seems like they might tinker around and go two quarterback or just give Adrian Martinez the start this week. It's still up in the air, but there seems to be a lot of uh, smoke around Martinez getting some snaps. Yeah, I, it's interesting. So I, again, I was on vacation, so I don't know what led to Will Howard getting the start last week. Did Adrian Martinez get hurt the week before? So two weeks ago, Martinez was hurt. Howard took over, I believe, against TCU. Okay. And wow. then um, had to start the Oklahoma State game and was just absolutely on fire. Yeah, he was flamed. So, um, yeah, I I don't know that you necessarily want to pick your poison. It always feels like to me every time Texas gets in one of these situations when you're like, oh, I'd rather have that guy. That's the guy that burns you. Because sure. um, it's like, okay, do you want to have to defend Adrian Martinez's legs? Which I don't think Texas does very well. I don't think they exactly. defend running quarterbacks very well. That um, would be a major problem. But, I mean, Will Howard has kind of unlocked Malik Knowles. It's which, you know, having to, you know, game plan for more of a passing attack then opens up the box for Deuce. And, I mean, it's a it, – against Oklahoma State, maybe that's just a one-game freak you know, that especially the 48 to nothing nature of it, but they looked really good on offense. Malik Knowles, too, was so close going into the portal last year. That oh, yeah. was a guy I kept mentioning. Hey, if this guy goes into the portal, could be an option for Texas. And, uh, you know, he's a former Mansfield Lakeridge kid. 
Uh, I covered him in high school. One of my favorite kids. He was he was awesome in high school. I actually couldn't believe he was under recruited as he was. But um, man, he was from early on in the season was talking about the portal. So just the fact that he stayed around and become again such a year in and year out, he's a big contributor in this offense. And I think Texas fans, if you look at his numbers, they're not like overly impressive. But if you go look at his numbers against Texas, he has carved them in the last couple of years. Absolutely. I was just about to mention that. One of the rare cases of, oh, this guy always kills us, where it's like, yeah, he actually does. Yeah. he'll. I mean, it's funny because he'll he'll be a 30, 40-yard per game guy all season and then go for like 200 against Texas. It's uh, it's uh, I, I, it's interesting because Kansas State was such a hot little preseason pick for everybody. And certainly we thought after their loss to Tulane that, okay, this mm-hmm. is – this is them kind of ruining what everybody thought, but they've been really plucky since then. They've been for sure. a really and they tough had, team. They had some fortunate results, right, where they beat Iowa State 10-9 to in a just really ugly game. Um, I believe they struggled against somebody. I, oh, yeah, the Oklahoma result where that seemed a little bit bigger than, I guess, in actuality it was, right? But – there's just nothing that you can deny about beating a team like Oklahoma State by 48. Yeah, even if Oklahoma State kind of had the shine knocked off of them by um, uh, was it TCU they lost to before yes. they played Texas? They they lost that kind of undefeated shine. They were still, I think, I had said I thought they were the most kind of complete team in the Big 12 um, and the team that would that, that had worried me the most. And Man, it's one thing to beat them. It'd be another thing to beat them twenty-seven to ten, and that be like, oh wow, that was that was a really great For result. Sure. Forty-eight to nothing is. I mean, that's we're talking uh, Red River shootout levels of. Oh my <laughs> God, can you believe this happened? Oh man, um, another interesting dynamic with the Kansas State offense. I don't know if you saw this, Mike, but I think the uh, Horn Sports account actually tweeted it out. Kansas State's offensive line's average age, I believe it was like 22 and a half years old compared to Texas's like 19.6. That is interesting um, and kind of speaks to the way Kansas State has in the past built their programs with, you know, experience. And I, I think back in the day when, you know, Bill Snyder was there and they were cyclically good, like where every couple of years they'd come around and be good. It was because those guys got older. And when they were all of, of a certain age, they kind of gelled at one point and then they would be hell on wheels to, to take on. I mean, it is there is a very big difference, I think, of being 19 and 22 at the college level. I mean, your growth from a strength perspective in those years is so big, your growth and experience and just understanding speed of the game and situations and all that kind of stuff is so much. And um, I think that that it certainly matters, especially up front. Absolutely. Did anything when you were kind of doing research for this game intrigue you about the Kansas state defense? They're obviously very well coached. And I think the defensive line was the unit that I was the most impressed with. Yeah, that's the group that I think can make life hell for, you know, I mean, I I think, again, I didn't get to watch the Oklahoma State game, so I don't know what the cause of Quinn Ewer's struggles were. Was it because he was under pressure constantly? Was it because he was just off? I think if that, you know, if if that team can get to Quinn Ewer's and disrupt his timing and getting the ball out quickly, you know, I mean, that's obviously a result to kind of stymie that Texas offense. 
For sure. One thing that stuck out to me as well is, especially against Oklahoma State, they played a lot of that um, inverted Tampa 2, drop three deep, only rush three with pretty wide um, you know, pass rush angles. Really flustered Spencer Sanders, and I know that that's something, Mike, we've talked to before about on Talking Texas, about how that style of defense traditionally gave Sark fits, but I feel like teams have started to incorporate that on a week-by-week basis, right? So I'm not sure it'll have as much of an effect, but again, something that struggled with in the past. It's gone from being like this, oh, this wacky defense that these guys run to like a defense everybody runs now. Yeah, so, I you mean, see it, every week. It's not like it's a, oh my God, how are we going to defend this? I think they've had more practice. They certainly found success in bits against Iowa State, you know, doing it. So, yeah, it's it hasn't become as big of a thing, but I still think it's effective if you can, you know, if you can uh, have the personnel line up and do it. I also think, you know, I talked to a uh, college defensive coordinator about, you know, how do you beat this defense? And they said basically getting too tight and run the ball. Um, I think if Texas can do that and force them to add that guy back to the box uh, rather than being able to drop him deep, you know, that opens some stuff up. So it is going to be an important game for Bijan Robinson, who two years ago kind of had his breakout against Kansas State. Absolutely. Something else that's interesting about this is that this is the, I believe, just the fourth night game that Texas has played on the road um, in a while. So, uh, you know, how does that on the road under the bright lights uh, dynamic kind of impact Texas in this game. And then also just the fact that under Steve Sarkeesian, this just hasn't been a good road team other than the win at the Red River shootout, you know, at a neutral site. Like I'm trying to think when the last Texas road win was true road win. Yeah. I was thinking about today with like Quinn, the Oklahoma state game was like his first true road game, right? Exactly. That's insane to have it that late in the year to not have, I mean, I guess it's just the way the schedule worked out, but you know, they didn't even have one of the non-con games out, you know, on the road. And we've talked about road games so much with the staff. It's, it's just, it's so tough to know what to expect. I mean, you talked about the sample size last week when you and I were talking on the phone, but is it the sample size still small considering they've had only one true road game this year? For sure. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely a fair point. And hopefully, you know, they can kind of dispel that narrative and just get a clinical win. I mean, I think it says a lot that even after Kansas State's 48 to nothing win over Oklahoma State, they have a common opponent with Texas. But the Vegas line, you know, they're still pricing it with Texas as a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, that part's hard to believe. When I saw them come out as a favorite, I was you know, you wouldn't think so, but it, yeah, I guess it is what it is. I I think, look, no matter – these next four games, by hook or crook, get out of them with wins. I don't care if it's 3 nothing every game. You know, you've got to – Absolutely. And, I, and I, I was talking to somebody at Texas about it, and they just said, man, you know, there's fans out there who think, like, style points still matter. And they don't like at this point, a win is a win. If it's by one point or a thousand points, you know, that's all we care about is finishing the game and getting a win. And I think that's kind of, 
you know, I, you're not going to see it as much over these next four games because they're going to be playing some pretty good teams. But yeah. if you if you were mad that they only they narrowly escaped Iowa State, like you know, it could have the alternative could have been much worse. Absolutely, and you know, honestly, Mike, it's you know tough because I know that there's a little bit of a split in the fan base now, just a little bit between the glass half full glass half empty for the glass half full people. I mean, if you win your last four, everything's still in front of you as far as a conference championship. And it's a very successful season. So, I mean, and you're nine and three. I, I hate going week to week with this stuff because if you end the season nine and three, if, if Texas ends nine and three, isn't everybody pretty happy compared to last year? And so if they were always going to be nine and three, why waste the time reacting week to week? If yeah. they go in the tank like they clearly did last year, and it's like, okay, there's a trend that's okay, then I understand. You know, when you lose three straight, I get it. For but sure. Let's let some of these results bear out. Let's see what the next month brings. Because if they go out and go nine and three or eight and four, even, I think eight and four is obviously you'd like better, but I think it's a doable. Hey, we we improved, you know, three games over the course it's, of a yeah. year. It's not an outright negative. Yeah. Now seven and five and below, I think is. Uh, but you know, at this point, I think that if you're reacting week to week to these things, you're you're really just causing yourself unneeded stress. Now, if they go out and lose the next two, yeah, panic. Not yeah. <laughs> not, not panic, but like, okay, you can you can react. Um, but as of right now, like it's just they're kind of on track for where I thought they would be. I didn't think this was going to be a one-loss team. And so uh, I, I think we do this every year where we talk about what are our expectations for the team, what do we think the record's going to be, and then when they kind of perform to that level, we're just like, oh, I can't believe they're performing to this level that I expected them to perform to. I think this year probably part of it – for some of those people too, is the fact that at times this team has looked so promising with the chance to be like almost elite ish, right? Where the offense is just rolling and the defense has that Alabama performance, you know, I think that that probably happened last year too. Last year they had probably not to the same extent though, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have the same type of opponents, but I mean, hell they, the way they came out and just 70 burger tech. tech last year, the first half of the Oklahoma game against what was a, you know, thought to be at the time, a pretty elite Oklahoma team. They had those flashes last year where it's like, yeah, this team can play with anybody. So, I mean, it, it's happened. And obviously if you're Sark, it's something you want to put together on a more consistent basis. Yeah, absolutely. Mike. Oh man. Um, I'm trying to think of other angles that uh, I had for this game. I, I mean, I, we should talk Deuce Vaughn. I mean, yeah, I was going to mention Deuce. It feels like he hasn't killed Texas, but then I looked at his career totals against Texas, and they're they're pretty dang good. I know that um, one year in particular, I believe in Manhattan, he went crazy, even though it was a loss. That was the year Bijan broke out, I think, right? Yep. And and. It was that Texas scored 70 in that game, I think, or 69, something close to it. Um, And it just didn't matter that Deuce was, like, having the game he was having because Texas literally couldn't be stopped offensively in that game. But 
You're right. I mean, he's put up, he's done damage against him. He's a pretty terrifying player. Like there's all the, there's those players every year where you're like, man, I'm not looking forward to playing that guy. For sure. Um, Because you could look up at halftime and him have 130 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, you know, you never know where you are there. Um, I, I think, I think with Deuce, it's, it's about, I guess, how you want to, is he a guy that you want to let get his and then try to stop everything else? Cause you know, you're not going to be able to completely shut him down yeah. or, or, you know, do you want to take him out of the game and force Malik Knowles and those guys to beat you? And I think that just circles back to the point that I was making in the pre-show or at the beginning of the show, you know, about why Will Howard, I think makes them a better team is because Will Howard forces you to, pick the poison where I think with Martinez you could load up for Vaughn and it wouldn't kill you as much. Yeah. And the only problem I see is loading up to stop Deuce Vaughn is like, you may have all the guys there and he may just elude all of your tacklers and uh, beat your game plan. He is that kind of player, but um, you know, I I think he always plays with a little more against Texas because he is an Austin kid and his dad coached at Texas and, I don't think it's as much from Deuce's side, but there always seems the people around Deuce like a perceived slight that Texas didn't recruit him. Um, yeah, which I think he's a tremendous player, but but yeah, a lot of other teams didn't recruit him either. Yeah, Mike, do you want to start? Uh, do you want to get into the predictions and then just kind of segue to our picks segment from there? One thing I'd like to talk about before we go predictions is where is it is it simply you know just a lapse was the Oklahoma State game a lapse or is this has this receiving core taken a step back has the offense taken a step back was you know I mean I think if you combine the Oklahoma State game which again I don't think they did poorly offensively they scored what 35 uh something of that nature the first half was good offense with some mistakes and then the second half just really unraveled which was just a brutal development considering you know the past year of second half collapses yeah and i mean obviously iowa state frustrated them a little bit uh but iowa state has the 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 ability to do that defensively i think when you're talking about quinn ewers as a young quarterback I say all the time that a development of a young quarterback is not linear. It's it it's up and downs, and no matter how talented they are, these guys are going to have to still earn their lumps, like learning the game. Is this? Uh, somebody asked me in our chat today. You know, if Quinn struggles, is Arch the day one starter next year? And I just don't no. see any way that yeah. happens. So no. I'm not sure I had a real question in there, but that's kind of the subject I'm interested in. For sure. In. I, mean, I think Quinn has done enough this year to solidify a lot of the hype that he had. Like, I, I genuinely think that he's done enough to, you know, at the end of the next year, we're still talking about him as a potential round one pick. Yeah, and so I, obviously they need him to come back kind of fully online. And I think there are parts of that Oklahoma game that I think are fool's gold. Because at times it looked like he was playing seven on seven. There wasn't a pass rush on him. For sure. They were busting coverages. I mean, he made some absolutely gorgeous throws in in those games that I'm not sure if they had a pass rush on him would have mattered. But um, if people use that 
as kind of the high watermark, there is a little bit of fool's gold in there. I think the more indicative stuff is what we saw against Alabama, you know, early on. And can he kind of reacquire that? I thought the Iowa State game, for as much as it was kind of an off game for him, he still let him down the field to a scoring drive when it mattered. He still for sure. kind of closed the game. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of interested to see if he has that bounce back in him this week. Absolutely. Um, as far as the picks, I had Texas by five. I don't feel great about it. I uh, They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Vegas, which we kind of alluded to earlier. It's a tricky game to forecast, especially since it's a night game on the road. And I I think most people, I I mean, I will assume that the majority of the public is going to be on Kansas State here. Yeah, I don't feel great about picking them. Um, But I think I almost have to pick them because I think they're in it. They're again, we talked about this before the West Virginia game, but they're in a must-win spot. I mean, this is, a you have to go three and one this month. Yep. Like these games are all at, at the worst. I mean, you you have to. And I think that if they're going to take a step, if they're going to uh, kind of instill some confidence in what this program could be, and they've showed, like you said, a lot of great flashes. They've got it. They've got to get the win. So I picked them based on kind of on that kind of the wounded tiger yeah. uh, kind of theory. But I tried that wounded tiger theory a lot last year, and it didn't seem to work. Um, so I'm hoping maybe something changes this year. For sure, that, that element too of Texas coming off of a bye, even with last year in mind, and the fact that I don't think historically Sark teams are great out of the bye. But again, it's not a huge sample size. But Texas coming off of a bye, getting to recharge, and Kansas State having a major letdown seemingly after a 48 to um, nothing dropping of Oklahoma State. That's an interesting angle, too, from Vegas. Um, and as saying that, we will take a quick break and hear from our lovely sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, and we are back talking Texas podcast. Mike, you said you ended up picking Texas. What was the um, point total? just for spread purposes. I think I had 27-24. Okay, so we're both on Texas to cover then. Yeah, I had them uh I had them by 3. Um and I think uh, let me double check that. Uh but I think that would hit the uh 27-24 would hit the over total barely, I believe. Gotcha. Uh cuz I think it's 55 and a half. Um I'll look right now. 54 and a half. 54 and a half. Okay. So that would hit the uh the over total barely. I which that that feels kind of maybe I should have gone a little lower. I do think this is going to be a tighter game um defensively. But you know, I think I think the problem is, is Kansas State has as much to play for as Texas. They've got 
I mean, the 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 two teams are essentially even in the in the standings, the Big Twelve race. Um, it's kind of like whoever wins this game gets a leg up on pushing for that second spot in for Dallas, sure. and um, it's at home where Kansas uh, Manhattan's always kind of proved to be a tough place. Although I'm trying to remember, they haven't lost. There was a period of time in my life where Mac Brown just couldn't buy a win against Kansas State. And I think since they kind of broke that streak, I don't think they've lost very much to Kansas State. I think you're right. I know that at one point it had spanned uh, like 12 years. Obviously, they don't play every single year, but at that time in the Big 12. But, yeah, it was a while that they hadn't won on the road in Manhattan. They hadn't won period against them. Um, I'm trying to think. I know that they beat them, what, the last two years at least. Um why don't you vamp and I will uh, I will look up the the record of the past few games. Okay, so as you're looking that up, I'll just move on to our next uh, pick for the Big Twelve, and we can just circle back whenever uh, you can. TCU nine and a half point favorite against Texas Tech. I'm going to roll with TCU here. You know, if I got a little bit more points, maybe I'd go on Texas Tech just because I know that Joey's going to do whatever he can to get the win there. But, I mean, with Duggan at quarterback, TCU is just a wagon. Like, they're very good. Are we – where are we at as uh, starters for for Tech? I know they – did they run Donovan Smith last year? They're going with Morton. Okay. I like them a lot more with Morton. I think they're a more dangerous team with Morton. Which sucks for Texas because you lost to Smith. Yeah. Um, By the way – Texas has won the last five in the series. Man. Uh, the last win for Kansas State was 2016. Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, so with Morton, I think they are more dangerous. But, man, TCU is just uh, – they've become the team that you just can't bet against at this point. Absolutely. Even, I mean, they've steamrolled a lot of teams. But even games – there was a game earlier this year I'm trying to think of that they were down – and it looked like it was going to end their perfect season bid, and then they came back and won it. So I know Oklahoma that, State was like that. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, so, I mean, they've had their close calls. They've won. They've had their blowouts. They've won. I just think that that's a team that's clicking really well right now, and the weapons they have. I think I wrote earlier this week, I think they've got the best complement of weapons in the conference, and that includes Texas. I mean, it's close. But like but Sabian Williams as a number two, Tay Barber, not even mentioning that Quentin Johnson's making a legitimate case to be wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean it's it's a scary group of of uh of prospects not prospects of uh players they've got there. So yeah, I'll take TCU in that one. Oklahoma, three and a half point favorite against Baylor, hosting the Bears. I don't know what Baylor is. It feels like they're developing into a better team, but they haven't been as good defensively this year. And they're so up and down on offense that it's hard to know what they will be week to week. I, I'm just, I'm so curious because I don't think after Red River, we've learned much about Oklahoma, right? Like they agreed. Who did they, they beat? Um, Iowa State and a bye. They had somebody before that, right? Oh, Kansas. That's right. Yeah, so they've had Kansas without Jalen Daniels. Agreed. They had Iowa State, who 
you know, can make it tough, but is it scaring anybody this year to buy? I don't know that Oklahoma's fixed all of its issues. I think if they have it, Baylor, especially with um, uh, with Richard Reese, can run all over them. And I think that that's, that's a problem um, that we saw kind of in the games they've lost this year is their ability to stop to run. I, you said Oklahoma's a two-point fan. I think I'll take Baylor outright. So I'm with you. I'm taking Baylor plus three and a half. I think it's going to be a really close game and you take the points. Yeah. And I think I, I would lean toward picking Baylor outright in this one. I think you're going to find this line pretty intriguing. Kansas is a two point dog at home as they host the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah. Oklahoma State, a two point favorite on the road against Kansas. Yeah, I wonder how much that's reactionary to last week. I mean, I don't think Oklahoma State has shown signs of brilliance this year at times. Um, you know, they're always kind of dependent on how Spencer Sanders plays, but uh, or his health, which might be impacting this. Yeah, that's certainly up for grabs. I, I think I would take Oklahoma State in that one with with the with the points even. Did you see the uh, video that went pretty viral last week on college football Twitter of people talking about how scary the Kansas State defense, and it was a video of Gunnar Gundy, the backup quarterback for Oklahoma State, shaking as he took the snap? No. All right, I'm going to send it to you right now so we'll get a live reaction. Um, But if if baby Gundy is playing, maybe that's where you take Kansas. But, again, I'd lean Oklahoma State at that number, minus two. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Isn't that hysterical? That is. That's crazy. And then the final uh, Big 12 game, West Virginia, a seven-point dog on the road against Iowa State. Boy, this is a – I would say because it's on the road, even seven points, I'd probably take Iowa State. I don't know what to believe with either of these teams. Um, you know, I think both have showed at times they can certainly be dangerous, but I think both have shown more that they're uh, kind of don't have it. I will say if – I mean, if it's a defensive game, I certainly lean toward Iowa State in that one. But if it becomes a shootout, I, yeah. I it's it's obviously favors West Virginia. I'll probably you said Iowa State is the seventh Seven. favorite. Mm-hmm. I think I'd take the points um, with West Virginia in that one. Yeah, I'd be on West Virginia in the points too. If it's a shootout, like you know, and you get into these one possession games, I like that it's on a football number. And I don't know, I, common opponent Baylor. You know, you can play the transitive game obviously with all these picks, but. I don't know, common opponent Baylor, I really liked what West Virginia uh, had for the Bears, especially on the offensive uh, game plan. So, you know, also, Neil Brown coaching for his job might pull out a few more stops than Matt Campbell, who knows he's fine regardless. Maybe that's just bad analysis. I don't know. I mean, it feels like one of those things that you could say it, and if it goes that way, you're like, yeah, I was right. And, And yeah, if they try a surprise onside kick or something. (laughs) Yeah, it could also go the other way, and you're like, oh, I guess that just doesn't matter. (laughs) For sure. Um, And then, as always, not just a Big 12 picking, Texas A&M, three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Florida Gators. I've gone a little cold. Um, 
South Carolina was the first one. I, I was stunned they lost that game. Yeah, I would have been on AM for that one. And I well, I don't know what the spread was with Ole Miss, and we didn't do the podcast last week, so I didn't pick it. I probably would have picked Ole Miss, but um I don't know. I I certainly certainly thought about that's a game that AM traditionally kind of pulls out when everybody leaves them for dead. It so. was a push, so you would have been fine regardless. Okay, yeah, I'd have been on Ole Miss. AM was one. a three-point dog, lost by three. So uh what are we what are we at this week? AM three and a half point favorite as they host the Florida Gators. Man. Do they ever go to the swamp, by the way? It feels like every time they play Florida is <laughs> in point. college station. Um, by the way, Florida, um, I believe, let me double check, Florida, one and four in conference. Only win, I believe, was against Missouri. Boy, how fool's goldy was that Florida win over uh, Utah early in the year? Unbelievably. I was legitimately buying into the Anthony Richardson Heisman campaign. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly shown signs of brilliance. I don't know. Is AM, what if they lost three straight? Um, I believe so. Is AM going to lose four straight? I don't know. Maybe Connor Wegman gives them a spark. I think I'll take AM in this one. AM has lost one, two, three, four straight. And the two games before that were the fluky Arkansas game and then Miami, who we've figured out is like genuinely awful king frauds all of them um yeah boy they could have lost six straight um yeah i think even i'm gonna say the boost they got from weigman last week carries on this week and they uh i'll take a&m i think uh there was some streak going of like first time scoring over 26 points since a certain amount if you remember yeah. that on the broadcast, so yeah, it was um man, it was a crazy stat. It was literally like the first time in two years they had scored that amount. It was the first time they had thrown for over 200 yards, I think, or 250 yards. And I think like it was that. against like power five opponents or something. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I, I agree with you. I would lean AM here, uh, especially with Wagman at QB. Um, but Mike. Probably the biggest game, not – I guess I don't know. I don't want to be too hyperbolic. It feels like the biggest game of the year, Georgia-Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I have kind of flipped on – I used to just not care for Tennessee, and then you guys all had big money on Tennessee-Bama, so I decided to, you know, kind of join up and, and root for your cause because, you know – if any of you listen to State of Recruiting, you'll learn, like, you know, that's what you do for your friends. So, loyalty. Uh, yeah, loyalty is important. So, um, I've kind of fallen in love with Hendon Hooker and uh, this Tennessee. Isn't the offense pretty incredible? Like, it's, it's fun as hell, man. And, like, Hendon Hooker's fun. Jalen Hyatt is oh, awesome. Electric. You know, I, I, there's so much cool stuff with that. Tillman's great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it is funny to watch Brew McCoy play football, though. Yeah, and just kind of be like – He's good. He's good, but, I mean, for what he was ranked, you would think he'd be the alpha on that offense. True. Um, he just – To be clear, Georgia an eight-point favorite at home. 
Yeah, I think I'd take Georgia to win, but I think Agreed. it's closer than eight. So I'll take Tennessee with the with the points. And at the very least, I do think it's going to be a good game, right? I Even though it's a road game, maybe there's a chance of a blowout. But I don't know. I feel like this is going to be some really good, uh, really good entertainment. Man, if Georgia, if Georgia just blows them out, a, I think that answers a lot of questions about Georgia, um, which I don't know. Considering that, the Oregon result too, that everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that many people have questions about Georgia, but like I think that that kind of solves once and for all who they are. But if Tennessee pulls this off and they slay Alabama and Georgia in the same year. Um, especially given that, uh, then it really starts feeling like 98. Yeah. And then Knoxville probably is just going to be burned to the ground at some (laughs) point. Uh, there will be, uh, this one's in Georgia, right? Yes. Okay. So no, no chance of goalposts going in the river this weekend. Maybe, maybe they'll just go to Neyland anyways. They'll just do it anyway. Yeah. I'll do that um, because you said you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, I'm now turned full on into like, Let's go Tennessee dream season. Uh, Let's see what you got. So, um, yeah, I'll take Tennessee with the points. I I do think Georgia wins, though. Agreed. With you on both cases, um, I think Georgia wins a close one. But Georgia wins a close one, and then Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. Tennessee gets into the playoff, right? Yeah, I mean, if your only loss is to Georgia – I think and you that, have a quality win like Alabama on the resume. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think is there any chance a two loss Alabama team or no? If Alabama beats Georgia and all teams have one loss, is there a chance that's three SEC teams in with Ohio State? Oh, no. Oh, that would be awful. Would it? You're yeah, probably, probably right, won. though. You're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I think because, I mean, if you look at the resumes, it's like, okay, Alabama got beat by Tennessee. Tennessee got beat by Georgia. Yeah. Georgia got beat by Alabama. You know, those are – they all kind of cancel each other out at that point. What would happen to an undefeated Clemson? Oh, They'd they'd get in. Yeah, they would. I just – it would suck for whoever's out. But if it was a one-loss Clemson. Oh, anybody else with one loss, or you know, you might have a. What if you and then what if you've got a undefeated Ohio State or an undefeated Michigan in the picture as well? Um, I guess TCU would be the only other. I think TCU is the odd man out in any of those scenarios. Even if even. they're undefeated, I mean, if you've got undefeated, boy, is there a chance we get undefeated Clemson, undefeated Michigan, or Ohio State, undefeated TCU? All in the mix with uh, a one-loss SEC power. Yeah, I feel like a. I feel like it would like Fort Worth would burn, and I don't think you could blame them if you know TCU was undefeated and somehow got left out of the playoff, even with an undefeated Ohio State, Clemson. You know what I mean? Like that would be next. I guess the question is, what is TCU's best win at that point versus Tennessee having a win over Alabama? For sure. Ohio State having a win over Michigan uh, or Michigan having a win over Ohio State. 
Georgia having wins over Tennessee or Alabama. I mean, that's that's where you get into resume talk real heavy. And I don't know. You know that personally, I, I kind of wish that it was all the way back to the BCS. Like that was what I enjoyed. But if somehow an undefeated team did not get into a four-team playoff, I feel like that's just kind of lost the plot a little bit. And, you know, why a lot of people, I guess, want expansion. The BCS, though, would be an even bigger nightmare for this, like if that scenario happened. But at least, like, there was a simplicity with the BCS, and it wasn't unfair, but everybody understood it was, like, an unfair game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think back to 2004, I think it was, when um, Auburn was undefeated and placed third behind uh, Oklahoma and USC, I think. For sure. Um, And it was, you know, I mean, you looked at that Auburn team and thought, man, I'd like to see them get either one of those guys and see what they could do. Yeah, it's it's that's definitely the fair example. Um, and I know that I think it's a little bit of an unpopular take to be pro BCS, but I don't know, man, like hearing the college football playoff uh, committees chairperson's answer to why TCU wasn't ranked ahead of Alabama was just so funny. I mean, it's, it's going to be forever that way. I mean, that's the thing. Like what is the next expansion they've approved to 12? I'm unsure. Or is it a, it was, 12, which, uh, God, man. That, which, by the way, feels like they skipped a step. Like, go to eight. Yeah, exactly. See, see if that works. Um, but if you go to 12, people are going to say go to 16. You know what I mean? Just, it's always going to be that way. And there's always going to be somebody left out. Although I do think, like, once you get into 12 and 16, it's like, look, I get it. There's probably the 17 team that's got a compelling argument to get to be the 16th spot. But, like win more games. I don't know what to tell you. I know. And I wish Guy was on for this little tidbit, um, even though I know you're not on speaking terms with him after the state of recruiting. Um, because I feel like the NCAA tournament for college basketball is perfect at 64. And even they're trying to expand that now. Like, I don't know. At some point, I think you have diminishing returns with expansion. Yeah, I do too. I'm with you on that one. Uh, it'll be fun fun to follow. I do hate now that we are in ranking season. It's going to be a thing every week. Winston. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I agreed with you. The constant lobbying and all the various stuff I don't enjoy. I don't know. Also, just since we're talking about playoff discussion, though, Mike, like what, what would happen with Oregon if they went out? And you have all these other undefeateds, and you kind of run and- into the same argument of, especially with week one, and against Georgia, like, yeah, I mean, they have a compelling case. The argument's going to be, you know, who have you beaten the Pac 12 outside of USC? Yeah. Or Utah or whoever. For sure. Yeah, they're going to face the same issue that TCU faces. Man. I, I think when you, when you, when people start getting in line for, um, for kind of arguments to make, it's, you know, it's obviously SEC, Big Ten. ACC somehow gets this weird pass, although I guess they wouldn't if Clemson had one loss. Um, and then, you know, the Big 12 and Pac-12 are obviously the last two to the to the football. For sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Any other games kind of catch your eye for the slate this week outside of the conference? Um, not really. I mean, it's 
we're kind of in that lull where it's like they've there've been some big rivalry games. We had the, you know, the the Michigan Michigan State stuff. We've had uh, some of some of those type of games. Now it's kind of that final push to rivalry week. Um, I guess the only other one in theory, but I think they're going to cruise Alabama LSU. Yeah, that, that one's interesting because LSU is playing better football um, than they have been all year. And I it's think it's in uh, Death Valley. Yeah, it's in Death Valley. I mean, I think Alabama still wins it, but. And they're a 13 and a half point favorite. Alabama has proven mortal this year, obviously, on several occasions. Yeah. Um, and boy, the one thing you could say about LSU is just how well coached they are. Like, I think they're overcoming some talent stuff. And it's it's weird to say that LSU has a talent deficiency with the way they've recruited, but they're overcoming a little bit of that because they are. I think Brian Kelly is a really good coach. He has a staff full of good coaches. That week one result, I think that if you played that game a few times, like you know, ten times, I think that LSU beats Florida State in the majority, and then you just get crushed by a Tennessee team that I think we all have figured out is very good. Yeah, that one looked weird at the beginning of the year, but now it's like, oh, they're the number one team in the country and they beat Alabama. They got a chance to beat Georgia and run the table, so it's not, you know, that off. What, Mike, I feel like uh, on a state of recruiting episode, also we talked about how much we really liked what they were doing with Harold Perkins' uh, snap usage. Like, they are well-coached, even though I think we both agree that Brian Kelly is a complete goober. Yeah, for sure. I think um, they they – I think they're going to win some games with coaching this year, which I kind of thought with Florida because I do think Billy Napier is a good coach. Uh, they just haven't done it for whatever for sure. reason. But there's times when, like, I mean, didn't Florida – there was a point last week where they had drawn, like, close with Georgia and were making it a game. Yeah, got within a possession. Georgia just ran away with it at the end. But, like, there's times where they certainly flash that. Absolutely. Um yeah, I, I think that's probably it for picks. Anything else before we head out? No, I, I think we're we haven't had a specific thing hit. I feel like in forever. No, um, I think that draft's about done. Uh, well, TCU game for the Gary Patterson stuff for me is big. Yeah, that's true. That's like that, my only pathway to a tie. That feels like an automatic win, by the way. Like, go ahead and just cash it now. <laughs> Although I think we've said that about a couple of other things that just haven't hit. But. I mean, the Arch Manning stuff never happening has blown my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty out there. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, this is certainly our shortest episode of Talking Texas we've ever done, but I think uh, the hour we are recording it at, 2 a.m. here, um, and just the, you know, kind of the doldrum part of the season – has uh, kind of led to that. So, and not I'm having gonna... a game to recap kind of uh, played into it as well. Because yeah, the... I mean, we could have recapped Oklahoma State, but who wants to hear that? And it's two weeks later, two weeks just relive the trauma. Yeah. So, and then I'd have had to watch it against your advice. <laughs> exactly. No, I was, I was, do, I was doing you a favor there. Yeah. So, uh, Winston has uh, been really good tonight through all of our recording of episodes, but he's started to go crazy now. 
I told my wife the other day, I said, uh, Winston's kind of become a regular character on our podcast. (laughs) Um, He just disrupts the show at any given time. There are some Winston fans amongst the listeners. Sometimes I get DMs uh, just being like, yo, we need we need the Winston photo from Mike. The the Winnie man. He's uh, currently sitting in my lap because that's the only way I can get him to stop trying to scratch at the door. Um, So... Yeah, I think that's it for me. I think I'm I'm good. Hopefully, we'll have a good game to recap next week. Prayers, prayers for that, Mike. Appreciate you as always for joining me. Make sure to give Talking Texas and the entire Horns twenty four seven podcast a five star review. We really appreciate it, and um, talk to you next week. All right, thanks.